Greetings, friends. It is the weekend of Sunday, March 27th. It's the fourth week of Lent. We've been on a Lenten journey where our itinerary has taken us to a desert, a mountain, a well, and today to a pool. Going to be looking at the Gospel of John, chapter 9, verses 1 through 41. I'm reading from the NIV. As he walked along, he saw a man blind from birth, and his disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? And Jesus answered, neither this man nor his parents sinned, he was born blind, so that God's works might be revealed in him. We must work the works of him who sent me while it is day. Night is coming when no one can work, and as long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. And when he had said this, he spat on the ground and made mud with the saliva and, and then spread the mud on the man's eyes, saying to him, go wash in the pool of Siloam, which means scent. Then he went and washed and came back able to see. And the neighbors and those who had seen him before as a beggar began to ask, is, is this not the man who used to sit and beg? Some were saying, it is he. Others were saying, no, but it's, it's someone like him, looks like him. He kept saying, I, I'm the man. But they kept asking him, well, then how are, were your eyes opened? And, and he answered, the man called Jesus made mud, spread it on my eyes and said, said to me, go to Salome and wash. And then I went and washed and received my sight. And they said to him, well, where is he? He said, I, I do not know. They brought to the Pharisees the man who had formerly been blind, and now it was the Sabbath day when Jesus made the mud and opened his eyes. And then the Pharisees also began to ask him how he had received his sight. And he said to them, he, he put mud on my eyes, then I washed, and now I see. And, and some of the Pharisees said, this, this man is not from God, for he does not observe the Sabbath. But others said, how can a man who is a sinner perform such signs? And, and they were divided. So, so they said again to the blind man, what do you say about him? It was your eyes that he opened. And he said, the blind man, the former blind man, he said, he's a prophet. The Jews did not believe that he had been blind and had received his sight until they called the parents of the man who had received his sight and asked them, is this your son who you say was born blind? How then does he now see? His parents answered, we know that this is our son and that he was born blind, but we do not know how it is that now he sees, nor do we know who opened his eyes. Ask him. He's of age. He'll speak for himself. His parents said this because they were afraid of the Jews, for the Jews had already agreed that anyone who confessed Jesus to be the Messiah would be put out of the synagogue. Therefore, his parents said, he is of age. Ask him. So for the second time, they called the man who had been blind, and they said to him, Give glory to God. We know that this man is a sinner. He answered, I do not know whether he is a sinner. One thing I do know, that though I was blind, now I see. And they said to him, What did he do to you? How did he open your eyes? And he answered them, I have already told you, and you would not listen. Why do you want to hear it again? Do you also want to become his disciples? Then they reviled him, saying, You are the, his disciple, but we, but we are disciples of Moses. We know that God has spoken to Moses, but as for this man, we do not know where he comes from. 
And the man answered, here's an astonishing thing. You do not know where he comes from, and yet he opened my eyes. We know that God does not listen to sinners, but he does listen to one who worships him and obeys his will. Never since the world began has it been heard that anyone opened the eyes of a person born blind. If this man were not from God, he could do nothing. And they answered him, you were born entirely in sins, and you're trying to teach us? And they drove him out. Well, Jesus heard that he had been driven out, and and when he found him, he said, Do you believe in the Son of Man? And he answered, And who is he, sir? Tell me so that I may believe in him. And, And Jesus said to him, You have seen him, and the one speaking with you is he. He said, Lord, I believe, and worshiped him. And Jesus said, I came into this world for judgment so that those who do not see may see, and those who do see may become blind. Some of the Pharisees near him heard this and said to him, Surely we are, not, we are not blind, are we? And Jesus said to them, If you were blind, you would have not have sin. But now that you say we see, your sin remains. They all looked at him, but they never saw him. He was the blind guy, born that way. Day after day, he sat and begged and They looked, they walked by, they wondered, but they never really saw. He had never seen their faces until today. He had never seen his own face, his parents' face, a sunrise, the stars, his home, a smile. Not until today. Before today, it was as if he didn't even exist. He was a life waiting to be born, a light waiting to shine, a word waiting to be spoken. And then today he becomes, he became a new creation. He was enlightened. He became a living testimony to the son of man, but they still don't see him. For some reason, they are unable to see him. The disciples look at him and see a theological question. Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? You see, the disciples, their version is distorted by the popular belief that suffering is caused by sin and you get what you deserve. The neighbors looked but couldn't see past the image of the way things had always been. A blind man sitting and begging. It's all they had ever known. It's all he had ever known. It's all they had ever known. Blinded by disbelief, they kept asking him, how were your eyes opened? Two times. The religious leaders call him in, and two times they interrogate him. And both times, he gives glory to God. They cannot see the prophet, the man from God, that this formerly blind man now sees. They cannot see the new life, the new man, the new creation that bears testimony to the man from God. Two times, the religious leaders, they they turn a blind eye to this man, And to his God. No one, as the saying goes, is more blind than he or she who chooses not to see. They have chosen power. They've chosen rules, boundaries over the truth. And their eyes, you see, because of that, have have now grown dim. And even this man's own parents distance themselves from him. They They can talk about their blind son, but not about their seeing son. To see him, the enlightened son, meant that they would have to tell the story. We do not know how it it is that now he sees, nor do we know who opened his eyes. Ask him. He's of age. He's going to speak for himself. 
they deny what is right before their eyes. Fear does that. You see, fear keeps us from seeing a larger reality, from living within and, and with a larger vision. So we live in the tunnel vision, only seeing that one thing um, that we most fear. They all looked, but no one saw him. And if they saw him, they would have to confront their own blindness. This man, blind from birth, is not just a single individual. He is all of us. He is every person. He is every man. He is every woman. He is every single one of us. The only difference between him and all the others in today's gospel is that he knows that he is blind. And until we know we are blind, we can never see with new eyes. Surely we're not blind, though, are we? You see, blindness is not about the quality of our vision or the condition of our eyes. It's not about the darkness around us, but rather it's about the darkness that's in us. It's how we see others, what we see in the world. The way we see life is less about the objects of our seeing, and it's really more about ourselves. We do not see see a holy God. We do not see people, things, or circumstances as they are, but as we are. We project. We all do it. And until our eyes are opened by Jesus, our seeing is really just a projection of ourselves onto the world. Well, a loving God wouldn't do that. That's, that's, no. What, what we really mean is, if I were God, I wouldn't do that. But a loving God, in actuality, does a lot of things that I would never do, including saving people that are, uh, that are abominations, such as myself. What we see and how we see manifest our inner world, they describe and point to the fears, to the attachments, and to the beliefs that are in us. If we wish to see God, to, G- to see Jesus, to see life and others as they really are, then we must attend to what is going on within us. True seeing begins in the heart and not with the eyes. We must begin to acknowledge that we have fears, that we have attachments, and that beliefs that live in us and how they have impaired our vision, how they have distorted it. Think about times in our own lives when we were scared. I mean, really scared. Not like movie scared or like, um, you know, like, woo, that was close. No, I mean really scared. Maybe, maybe it was about our marriage. Maybe it was about our job. Maybe it was the illness of a loved one. Maybe it was the, the fear of the unknown and I don't know what I'm doing now. The fear had a way of blinding us, didn't it? it fear rivets our attention on that thing we fear to the exclusion of everything else around us. That, that one thing is all that we can think about. It's all that we can see. Fear narrows our worldview and our vision becomes myopic. It becomes nearsighted to the point of exclusion. Attachments are those things or people we think we must have in order to be happy. We can't imagine life without them. We have convinced ourselves that our, our, even our existence in some way depends on them. But the Bible, the scripture calls them, calls those things idols. We might call them addictions. We might call them um, uh, things. We might call them possessions. But regardless, 
we inevitably look for and see only that that fosters and affirms our attachments and we will turn a blind eye toward anything that threatens them. Our vision becomes selective. And not to beat a dead horse, but it's why any kind of launching out on social media is fruitless because the only people reading your post are the people who believe the same thing you believe. There is no discourse. There is no conversation. There is no aha moments online. It is only things that further our fears and further our distortions. We all have them. And if we can't admit we all have them, then there's a problem. You know, we've probably met someone who is so fanatical in their in his or her beliefs that they can't see another point of view. They cannot look at any other possibility. They refuse to see other ways but their own. Not only have we met these people, far too often, if, if I'm being honest, I am those people. We all have certain beliefs to which we cling. Now, I'm not talking about beliefs in the scripture. I'm talking about other things. And they offer the illusion of stability and security so we no longer live in the real world, God's world, but a world that we have created in our head. And the inner darkness of our fears, of our attachments and beliefs is what keeps us from seeing. They cover our eyes like the mud on the eyes of the man born blind. And in placing mud on the blind man's eyes, Jesus is holding before him the reality of his blindness. He wears thick black lenses of fear, of attachments, false beliefs. We all do. And those who know this are sent to the pool to wash to be recreated, to see with new eyes. And once they, were, once they were darkness, but now in the Lord, they are light and the rest will continue looking, but never see their faces caked with mud. So we can't just look around. We have to look within. And what do we see? How do we see? Where is the mud of darkness in our own life? Can we name that reality? Can we acknowledge it? Can we be bold enough to acknowledge it and then go and wash? Because the mud of darkness always gives way to the light of Jesus Christ. Amen. And God bless.